When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bij Burger King gebeuren spannende dingen. Wat dacht je van een classic cheeseburger, chicken nuggets burger of sundae voor maar 1 euro per stuk? En dat is nog niet alles. Alle King deals zijn maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King. Hallo, welkom to the Royal Blue podcast. It's the Monday Night Review pod. And it's um, a case of talking about another less than perfect performance. Although not quite as grim as, week, as the week before on Stamford Bridge. It's me, Greg O'Keefe, the Evan editor, Gavin Buckland and Tony Scott, no fail today. But, lads, once again, there were more kind of questions than answers, really, after the point where they So it was one that did it leave us all feeling still pondering where this is going, whether Koeman still needs this January window more than anything to find his, his way forward. It's desperate, isn't it? I think, judging by well, what we've seen this so far this season, Everton has been a game of two halves, and I think in every, apart from the Chelsea almost, that was just a demolition job, wasn't it? But from what I've gathered this season, watching by them, they had they start, not not the best, but the second half they continue. For me, I think what it is is that he's relying on these players week in week out and trying everything. We even seen Alan Lennon come into the fold, didn't we? And he's just throwing it all up in the air and seeing how it lands, and it's not landing very well for him at the moment. The, the, the facts are, the plays just simply aren't good enough. Whichever way you want to look at it, they aren't. The signings he's brought in in the summer, they're quite good. Stecklenberg, Ashley Williams is just a guy. Balassi has a poor game on, on Saturday. No, no ways about it. But I think them signings that he's made, they're very good. It's the players that he's been left with. Yeah. You can see why we've finished in the bottom half the previous two seasons. The performance first half was absolutely abysmal. It was reminiscent of the previous manager. You wouldn't have known the difference if you'd woken up in a coma the last three years. It, it was exactly the same. Boring. And it was just everything. Everything about it was just stale. Second half, obviously, you had to give it the riot act at half-time. But th- that's no good. I think he even told us in the press comments after it, didn't he? He may have to do this before the game, but it's well, not working. Phil Ashton, didn't he? He yeah. said, yeah, you're going to have to get angry before the match. He sort of laughed it off to Phil. Laughed, yeah, he sort of laughed it off to Phil, but he, he probably said... He did say, like, I may have to do that, but what else can he do? And everyone's saying, yeah, he gets paid lots of money, he gets six million a year. To do. He's only got the tools, what he's basically he's having to work with at the moment. He can't do much else with it. But all I'd say, and Gav coming on this, is that you know Swansea weren't on Saturday, but they are now at the bottom of the table. Should yeah. even the tools he's got be enough to beat that, Swansea that, at home? That was my point. Um, I think... Um... I think the players that were there on Saturday were good enough to beat the Swansea team. They had lost eight and yeah. two to ten Premier League games. You know, there's still some. You know, even if they're not, maybe not the uh, you know the, the long term choice, there's still players on the pitch there on Saturday who were good enough to beat the team that's bottom of the table. Yeah. I think um, I think we we should be operating in here and now. Uh, Everton, uh, you know, January can sort itself out. The fact of the matter is, we won one in, one in prem, seven Premier League games. Yeah. We've got, I think it's eight Premier League games before the January transfer window kicks mm. in, isn't it? Something like that, which is like, you know, a big games, aren't they? The and it's what games. Liverpool games, yeah. You know, even like Watford and Southampton are sort when you play Leicester away, don't yeah, you? Know, which is, you know. So uh, we're operating the here and now, and Koeman's got to start managing now and not sort of. There appears to be an atmosphere around the club, and I might be sort of misreading this, but when I say the club, I mean with supporters as well. That, but all right, we'll sort it out in January and then take it forward. Well, we, you know, everybody's, all the players and staff are paid every week up until the end of December. Yeah. And they've got, to, they've got to earn the money, and they didn't earn it on, on Saturday. And to be fair, it's part of a pattern that's been going on for, what, six, seven weeks now. And uh, I appreciate what you're saying, so, and, and I do agree, yeah, but, you know, should the good, good enough to win on Saturday, drop points at Burnley and Bournemouth. You know, and I don't think that was down to the players being, you know, not good enough. It was down to not applying themselves properly. Well, Peter, I was advocate here, Greg. If 
12 games gone, quarter of the season gone. Did you expect Everton to be any higher in the league? What, than higher than seventh? Yeah. No, but I maybe would expect them to beat Swansea at home. And, you know, would you expect them to get a draw against City? Then... Uh, it's it's easy to sort of say, you know, what we'd expect. You can't, you can't, we're, we're you can't talk, I mean, we're talking about individual performances, aren't we? Yeah. It's all too well and good. Really, who knew what to expect under Koeman? You know, we hadn't maybe followed him. We're not Southampton fans, so... Mm. Um, it's kind of, I know what you're saying, but what would you be, if, if we finish the season and we're 10th, would you turn around and go, well, you know, would you have taken 10th? Things change, don't they? You do, but he's got a squad, a squad of players that basically they're not good enough. But he's having to use these players and he's getting them into... He's currently in seventh place. Seven or eight points off top of the league. What about what Gav's just said there? That's that they've only won one in the last seven Premier League games. And I'll... I'll sort of like build on that as well, and this this might not be. Correct me, Gav, on this, but slow starts is an issue for me as well because yeah, the amount of times they've gone a goal behind is worrying. Now it's all right when you go goal behind to West Brom mm. or Swansea, and in the end they've had enough to drag themselves back into the game. West Brom they did more than that; they won. Swansea did they, they only took a point yeah. in the end. But as you said so as well, the fixtures we've got coming up. By the way, Liverpool, United, Arsenal. Leicester away is not going to be easy. Southampton away, obviously, next weekend is going to be easy. They can't afford to have to keep starting slowly mm. and conceding first. Do, so, Everton, do Everton need a fixture like that at Goodison? Do they need well, a maybe. big team? Yeah, we, haven't, yeah. we haven't played a big, big team. With Tottenham, Tottenham, Tottenham first game yeah, of the yeah, season, the Levant Climax. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We haven't played a big team at Goodison yeah. Park this season. Have we I think to get the whole club a cracking results. It kicks your season, yeah, well, I mean, you would hope so, but uh, just ask you quite when you say the players aren't good enough, what do you mean they're good enough for what? At what level would you say they're not good enough? Well, they're not good. Well, all right, I look at say we're above, we're above Southampton, we're above West Ham, we're above yeah. a lot of teams, aren't we? We're sitting there seventh, joint points with Manchester United. Now, Everton, I look at Southampton players, every one of their players, the majority of them are better than ours. Look at the defense, yeah, we went through this, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. The goalkeeper. So where do you think? So this is where Koeman's yeah. just having to deal with, basically, to put it bluntly, the junk that he's being left with. But if you're saying and that, it is junk. If you're saying, going back to Greg's point though, if you're saying you're good enough to be like mid-table, like we've been the previous two seasons, Swansea at the bottom of the table, aren't we? We yeah. still didn't beat them. I, I, I totally agree. I totally agree with that. Yeah. You know, there's teams below mid-table that we failed to beat this year, and I, I just think if we, if I paid a quid. If I got paid a quid for like sort of, oh, it'll be sorted out in January, we'll sort it out in January mm. over the last month, I'd probably be having enough money to buy Christmas presents, you know. Cool. And to me, I mentioned it last week, and, it, and it's after Cummins, watching Cummins' interview last Wednesday, to me, it's becoming more and more apparent that the, there's, there's obviously within the squad, there's players who know they've got no long term future at the club. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think that's pretty well known and that's a well-established fact. And, I mean, Koeman even had said that last week, didn't he, with his interview with Lenny? He said, you know, we're 60% of through the project, but we've still got yeah. 40% left, so there's still work to be done. And I think if you, you know, if you say it's bad enough trying to motivate Premier League footballers on £100,000 yeah. anyway, <laughs> like, even if, even if, but trying to motivate players, you know, or any workplace, you know that they haven't got a link to future where they work for the Echo or, yeah, you know, yeah. shopping town. Yeah. Is, is difficult and I think that's reflected in some individual performances and I think when that happens that affects the team dynamic and I, I think that's what you're seeing at the moment and um, Was that the right way of going about it then if them stories are true if he has told players that they no longer wanted the football club and basically using you till January it was that the right way to yeah, go well, about it that's whether, the whether, case? Whether you told players or not I'm not you know I'm not sure but it's established fact that we will be buying players in January. He, he said yeah. that. It's established fact that we'll be buying players in the summer as well. So that leads uncertainty between. I mean, you know, we don't. We could list the players up. You know, yeah. eight or nine players can yeah. quite easily. And if they're playing, are they really going to, you know, be motivated enough to put in the, put in a you know hundred percent commitment? It's just human nature. Whatever environment you're working in, not to. But he's got to say this. Cumin has needs obviously to not please the fans as such, but. To reassure himself that he knows what he's got to do to, to get... To yeah, bring no, I'm not saying he shouldn't say. I'm yeah. saying he's quite right that he's saying he's got to build up uh, aspirations and, and, and so on. But there's a, there's, a, there's a downside to that, isn't it? 
And the mm. downside is you've got players, it's just not, for players yeah. who know they're not going to be there, or if they are, they're not even people not even get on the bench some of them yeah and are you really gonna is that the right psychological mindset to go into a premier league match with that with that behind you i'm not sure it is i think that's reflected in our team performances yeah. i mean it was noticeable at the start of the season it was a bit different atmosphere because i think that's where players were actually playing playing, for, playing the for yeah yeah and i think now I haven't seen him last week. He said 60% done, 40% needs to be done. If you're a player, you say, well, I might part of the 60%, I might part yeah. of the 40% who's going to get cleared yeah. out. And I, I think that's a, I think that's contributing at the moment to to our current so How many of the current squad would you say play Everton's careers will be coming to an end? I think there's a but lot. We, we went through this the other week. Didn't we? We, over, we spent about 20 minutes on it, which yeah. speaks volumes. I just, I just think that's it. And I, I think, but we've got to manage in the here and now and. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm worried, but you know you could see a team with serious attacking intentions causing Everton damage at the moment yeah. if uh, we don't get it right. You know? Which what happens against Chelsea, isn't it? Once the yeah. first goes in, the second, then I yeah. don't think there's no coming back from that, isn't it? You know, and I think uh, that, that was the disappointing thing. I was expecting a reaction off Chelsea mm. on Saturday that we come out all guns blazing, and, and it didn't happen, did it? I think that's what will concern so many people who say about slow start. But the context of this slow start in particular is head-scratching because they had so much to, to get out the system and prove that they weren't the team that had gone and been humiliate, humiliated at Chelsea. And, you know, listening to Five Live in the week, you know, I hear people like Alan Green. You never really want to hear mm, him enjoying, yeah. enjoying an Everton defeat. But he was carping about how it wasn't just that Chelsea were, were great. Everton was so awful. And we all know his allegiances. And he, yeah, exactly. he was loving it on, on, on was... Five Live. And it was unpleasant to, mm. to hear it. But... The thing was, he was right. And it strikes me, where's the professional pride? And I do worry that maybe there is, as, as Gav says, a degree of a malaise setting in, in some parts of the squad, uncertainty. And on the other side, you know, and Koeman, to his credit, didn't use this excuse. It wouldn't have gone down well, so he was quite clever not to. They had only got back and had the Friday to prepare for the game because of the international break. What I would say, and we discussed it, didn't we, yeah. is it was probably the same for Swansea. Yeah, so every, most Premier League clubs will have had a heavy roster of internationals. Moving on to specific individual players, and Gav, you alluded to a team, a team with serious attacking intent, seriously more serious attacking intent than Swans. You only really had Sigurdsson, and he ended up hurting us, you mm-hmm. know, in a, a cup, nearly hurt us, but for a brilliant save from Stekelenberg in the end. Phil Jagielka, it's it's becoming a bit of an elephant in the room, isn't it? What's what's going on? <laughs> well, this was I said this last time. He's got a lot, you know. I think it was quite diplomatically put it, it's like he's got a lot to do between now and Christmas to to show Cuman that he's got, you know... Has he got that in I, I think, me personally, I, I think he's finished. Well, he's certainly not the player he was even two or three three years ago, isn't he? He's 34 Jags now. Um, and I, I think it's one of the reasons him and Williams are quite similar types of centre-halves. You need a bit more of a... Bit, yeah. a, bit of a... Bit of a, you know... Bit, a greater balance between the two centre halves. Are they two similar type types of players? Big for Houghton Morgan last year, didn't it for Leicester? Yeah, true. True. If you're a good defender, you're a good defender. I, yeah, I think Jack yeah. Yelka, he just looks he looks shot, shot at the moment. Yeah, and that was and he's he's in severe danger. And I spoke to a lot of the fans after the match. The fans are gonna begin to turn on him. And it's it's not right considering Everton's captain who's been there for so long. Yeah. And I think how long has he got left in his contract? Two years left, I think. See, me personally, I think he's just... Thanks for your derby goal in the cop. Great. You've been a great servant to the football club. He looks absolutely shot at the moment. He yeah. looks finished. His legs have gone. He's never never been the quickest. But even mentally, he looks shot as well. You've seen Sigurdsson. You literally tore him a new one, didn't he, for the penalty. And in the end, it was painful to watch a player of Phil Jagielka's quality... Just basically just drag him down. And he's another this yeah. is Phil Jagielka who's given away three penalties this season. Yeah. The writing's on the wall for him and he's not getting away with it where he used to. Well, yeah, I mean I, I think also as well, it was telling that the uh, the applause was quite muted when he left the pitch, didn't he? Yeah. Didn't he when he was substituted? Um again, that's probably an area that dare I say January. <laughs> Uh, Ronald would be looking <laughs> <laughs> I'll pay myself a quid for that. Uh, <laughs> that Ronald would be looking to, to address. Because, you know, 
what's the viable alternative at the moment is the other question. Well, I obviously they do the fan come after the match, and when I was speaking to the guys, they were saying I was going to talk about Phil Jagielka, and we were talking about him. Um, obviously, James McCarthy got brought into the conversation, and the same questions are asked. Where's Mason Allgate? Where's Tom Davis? Yeah, I mean, this is what we just touched on last week. Our concern. Um, I know I sort of said it regards Davis and. You were yeah, yeah. rightly banging the drum for him mm. to play. I think you, you had me convinced by the end of that, that debate. Koeman's got an inherent conservatism when it comes to using young players, and I think he'd obviously say, you know, we need a, a right result to get back on track after Chelsea. I'm going to go with an experienced international in James McCarthy. And, you know, I actually ratings of the players mm. on Saturday. Uh, he was one of my lowest ratings. Jack Elk was the lowest and I looked at what the fans had rated on our own article, and they agreed. I think they had Jags the, the lowest, then they had McCarthy. Uh, he wasn't by any means yeah. impressive. Was the, is there a need for James McCarthy in the Everton team if you're playing Swansea at home? That's another fair point. I mean, in you know, I sort of, as, as you know, like sort of McCarthy has to do a lot to prove to me that he's a, an, an Everton player in terms of his all-round game. You know, he wasn't fit, was he, on Saturday? Um, you can still pass from A to B, though. Yeah, I'm surprised he played 70 odd minutes. I mean, with I Davis, Davis. I mean, as, you know, I think it wasn't really picked up until the end of last week. He played three times, didn't he, for the uh, under 19 in yeah. six days, didn't he, Davis? He played yeah. he's won, four mm. or five plays, played three games, yeah. which was a bit looking at that, thinking, you know, how, how are you protecting young talent when that that's happening? And I'm sure that probably came into the decision. Decision. I know you could say like, well, he played yesterday, didn't he? Play very well. Yeah, storm, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. But it's a different thing playing under twenty three to playing a fully fledged Premier League match, as we know. Um, but yeah, I, I, there was an opportunity there, wasn't it? That maybe was was missed as it transpired. So, just on Jags, I mean, it can happen where players it almost feels like overnight, doesn't it? it happened to John Terry yeah. speaking to your Stephen about yeah. it on Sunday, and it can happen so quickly as it takes you by surprise. It's not always a gradual deterioration. Of you know, kind of, you know, one way it's exponential. Like mm. you lose ten percent, to lose twenty percent. Sometimes they can just go, and that's it. I think um, Rio Ferdinand was quite vocal on it when he when it happened to him and Gary Neville. I think Gary Neville. Um, he 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 played against West Brom. Brom yeah, I think yeah. He, he think he said he said I knew when that play went past me and I fouled him. I said I got away with one against Everton. Um, when Everton come back and do three all with them, he said I give I give a goal away there. Give a goal away the um, the previous game. And West Brom had just hacked it and got away with a penalty. He said, I come off the bench and I knew, I knew it was finished. And I think this is what's happened to Phil Jagiel. Now, it's whether he's man enough to accept it. Obviously, he's, he's on a wealthy contract, isn't he? He's not going to go in and throw his, throw his hands in. 2018, his contract expires. 2018, he's left, so he's got another two years left. So I think everyone, basically, he's stuck with him. He's not going to spew it, is he? I, I, I sort of disagree. I think he's, his character is one thing. Sounds like Rafa then. Rafa yeah, 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 yeah. His character yeah. it's, it's one thing that has never been in dispute, really. Was he, I can't was he, see him dragging the arse out of the, two, like, the other two years of his contract if he thinks he's not contributing. Yeah. The Jagielk I sort of know from over the years covering it, I think he'll hold his hands up. But he's not doing himself any justice, Greg. He might not have accepted it yet, so you've got to be... You say, is he man enough? But it can't be that easy to get your head around the fact that, you know, that it's gone, it's happened, you've finished. It's getting highlighted now, isn't it? Well, it is. Man Man City, two penalties. Chelsea was getting done everywhere. Swansea at home, Sigurdsson. Do you know what I mean? The list goes on this season of mistakes after mistakes after mistakes. Yeah. And... He can't, he can't shy away from it. He must got to hold his hands up. He's the captain, so when the videos get put out in Finch Farm and Ronald Koeman saying this is where this is what's happened, he must have to sit there and chew the fat and say, yeah, I'm holding my hands up here. It's me again every week. Why is it you every week, lad? Well, sort it out. Yeah, yeah. I'd say, I'd say, yeah. Uh, sure. Williams has dropped a couple of uh, bollocks this, yeah, this he has. year, hasn't he? Yeah, you know, at Burnley, spending yeah. Burnley, Chelsea's probably a full fit. Yeah. You know, well contributed to the first. He's not dropping goals. players down for penalties. Well, that's not the point, though. But it's it's part of it's part of like it, it doesn't help that there's a that's not really settled over the last four or five weeks defensively, has mm. it? Like across the whole back four, and I think that hasn't helped uh, Jags's uh, cause. Um, so it would be uh, it'd be interesting to see what decisions taken. But I'm just a bit wary about these games coming up. We desperately needed that win on Saturday because you're looking at the fixture now and Christmas thinking how many games can we feasibly win here? Mm. And you, you put yourself down. We've got to win at Swans, beat Swansea. 
And then you're thinking, well, the only game that's probably winnable then is probably Watford. Mm. Watford away without trying to be t- sound totally negative. What I would say, though, can we just talk about mm. moving away from that? Uh, what do you think of Ross's performance on Saturday? I thought it improved. I thought I, I, I went in, and my dad came up to mine on Saturday night, and he said, ah, um, oh, Barkley needs to up his game. Oh, I said, I thought Barkley was one of Everton's better players. Yeah, no, no, not having it. So it just shows you, obviously, different when, when you're watching on TV and when you're actually there. But I thought Ross plays well. I thought he, he weren't shying away from it. He was getting on the ball. He was trying to put passes, and his final ball has improved of late. Yeah. It needs to continue. It can't just be one-off, one-in, one-off, one-in. It needs to continue, but I thought he'd done well. I was quite surprised by the Alan Lennon substitution. I thought, if anything, he was working really well off the ball compared to other players who should have been dragged off a lot before him. Mm. But as Telefay, exactly the same, isn't it? Yeah, really? I thought, I thought, I don't know you think, Greg, but I thought Ross played well. On you know, he can play better, but yeah. I thought he played. I thought he played well on on yeah on Saturday. For me, I rated him the highest, and people, some people agreed, some people said. You know, I disagree. It was gay for them, and I understand where they're coming from. For me, though, in the context of the game, I thought I expect gay to be like that every week. So yeah. really, it was it was him getting back to levels that we were we maybe been a bit spoiled by yeah. in the season. But don't get me wrong, he was great. But for me, Barkley, it was one of his most satisfying performances in a while. Not perfect. Still, some way to go. Still needs to obviously try and add more goals. And there's only one moment where it frustrated me. Other than that, I was saying to Phil, his decision-making and when to release the ball was nearly flawless. Now, he only went and soured it a bit near the end when oh, we were chasing yeah. the game yeah. by holding on for it for too long when there was a chance yeah. to get a ball into the area when we were attacking and the glass. Nathan Dart took the ball off and he lost yeah, the ball. Yeah, yeah, and for yeah. me, that soured it. And a few people will have walked away going, call him fit to burn again. When you've got to... It's interesting what you say about, about that conversation you had with, with your dad because, you know, a lot of people said to me as well, no, I don't know what you're on about. Gay was the man in the match. Barkley was at best all right. But it was something that it definitely struck us as an yeah, I, I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought he was, you know, he took responsibility. Mm. He was, you know, he was willing to, you know, drive forward. I think, there's, in, you know, when you talk about body language, and we've spoken about Ross's mindset, mm. you know, this season, about, you know, how does his own... Like so, psychology impact on his performances was really too much. Yeah, and there was a telling bit. It's like you know that thing where he spent he span really well, didn't he? In in their area in the first half, yeah. and he, he shot wide, didn't he? With his, yeah. his left foot, and he sees Jackson Daly was lying on the floor, wasn't he? I, th- I can't remember. I think he was punching the ground. Yeah, wasn't yeah, he? In frustration. Yeah. And I was thinking, what does that tell me about Ross Barkley? Does that tell me that actually he expects really high standards himself, or does does he? You know, with that reaction, you know. Is he then going to lose concentration because he you knows he's just missed and have that on the back of his mind? You know, or does that show he cares? Or actually, if somebody just like lets it go and is cool and just that and lets it go, is that is that is that what you'd want to see? Yeah. It was just it was just quite an interesting reaction considering his mindset. No, going back to that with that Barkley chance, it was a fantastic chance when he just scuffed it yeah. wide. Then you had the Balassi one and one, and then you had the Lukaku one of this over the bar. He took an, for how bad we played. We should have at least scored one of them three chances. Yeah, and that was in the first half, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. In the second half, I mean, Coleman, you know, Coleman and the Balassi. I mean, I know sometimes, like it, you know, I do feel sorry for you too when you're doing the, the fan camera threes and cold goals in November when you <laughs> drop one off. You are taking your life. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. Like you know, and, we haven't and had there was a few yet. people who were understandably frustrated. Yeah. I think, shall we say, on uh, on on Saturday. And um, you know, Balassi was getting a bit of stick. Yeah. And you know, some of his crossing wasn't, you know, wasn't great, was it? But my thing about Balassi is, so it was three or four things where he did affect the game on Saturday. Yeah. Is he had that? He maybe should have done better with his one-on-one. He did cross for Lukaku. He had that shot in he that was, I don't know, saved or cleared off the line or was going in, you know, in the second half. Yeah. And it was his cross, wasn't it? That Coleman, Coleman headed, yeah. headed in. So he did do something. But it was a. Uh, I could see why he was getting a bit of stick. He was was frustrating. Is Everton's tactics becoming stale, Greg, at the moment? Because the fans that I spoke to, he said, this four-two-three-one nonsense. It's finished. I would. I I to prefer them in four-three-three, and I think that Everton at four-two-three-one is becoming a bit stale. Um, with the options, you know, I don't want to say the J word again. Yeah. So I'll only be giving Gav money for Christmas presents. But, <laughs> 
given what he has to work with, and that's really sobering what Gav said before about eight Premier League games before mm. you can really materially affect it. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe it is time to try something new. I thought it was better. He... 4-3-3 at the Etihad when yeah. he went and played like that. So what, like I've spoken to the guys before and he, I went, well, I was trying, I was defending um, Koeman and I was saying, well, what do you want him to do? He said, go 4-4-2. How does he go 4-4-2 when he hasn't got another striker? Well, well he has, not. hasn't he? He's just, he's got you know, Valencia there. Yeah, but he's, well, easier plays in middle four, that's the thing, isn't it, Dan? Well, because if you play Barry in a disengage in middle two, who's you play, play, end up playing two wingers. Well, after you got two wingers, that leaves us really stretched yeah. defensively, maybe a little bit. Uh, well, so so yeah, his options are really limited. short on to try and change this. Yeah, I think 4 3 3 appears to be like a bit more of a natural. So, who's your 4 3 3 against Swansea then, Gav? If you were to, obviously, hindsight's a great thing. Before the game, who would you be in for your 4 3 3? Um, good question. I think he would have played. Well, that's where the scope to play Davis, isn't it? Because he could have played Davis as part of, as part of a trade. The only yeah. problem with it, it's a bit like when you talking about the tactics of Chelsea. Is where does Ross fit in that? In that, you know, do you play Ross as up front as a three or didn't work against Chelsea? You know, because he was just here or there. Yeah. Wasn't he, he? So you could, you could, you could, you know, you could have conceivably played this uh, Tom Davis and Ross in, in against Swansea, but. Yeah. And then like Balassi, Lennon, Lennon and like you know, mm. I think I would have. Yeah, that, that maybe you know, but then maybe Al Ross and Tom Davis sort of dovetail would be interesting. Um, but I think I think you like we looked far more compact at City. I know I know it was a different game and stuff, but we did look we did mm. did look look far more uh, just look far more suited to us. Um, and I think that may be something that should be looked at. Does do you think Swansea deserved the victory, Greg? Deserved victory? Deserved the victory, yeah. No, not Did really. Did get out of jail with the point? Well, like I said earlier in the pod, if it wasn't for Stakellenberg, he made a brilliant save from Sigurdsson. Yeah. He went in when it was still 1-0. Hmm. Now, at 2-0, I'm not sure we're coming back into that game. Because as you say, you know, in the end, we scored through our right-back and we'd missed a few good chances, hmm. but we didn't create... Loads, and we didn't pepper them with shots like maybe arguably we should have done against a team that was so low on on their luck as we had. So, I think we can't really argue with the point. It's frightening, isn't it, to think if we may have just beaten Burnley and beaten Swansea on Saturday, we'd be second or third. Wouldn't we? Yeah. It's frightening, sure. isn't it, to think that for all the frailties this season, we talk about Everton absolutely playing terrible this season, terrible start. Yet yeah, just but, one victory or two <laughs> out of that. And we're sitting we there didn't know, didn't we? And that's, and that's, that's the thing, isn't it? We didn't, you know. We got a point at City where maybe on a different day that we wouldn't have. The other player I'd like to talk about on, on Saturday is Lukaku. Now, Lukaku on Saturday, I thought, had one of his, shall we say, off days. So, what you put that down to? Ron really maybe not having his big game mindset on or not having the service or a, a, bit of, bit of a bit of both. If there's not a player within 50 yards of him, what can he do? The service yeah. was non-existent all game. No, no, well, he had a very good... It was quick, and it was whipped across him. But if he's this world-class striker we've been hearing about, he has to score that chance he put over the bar. I agree, that's the chance, but... Tim Cale would have added that in there. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously, yeah, no, he would yeah. have done. He would have added that in there. Yeah, but Tim Cale doesn't score after goals. Ron does, does he? Uh, what I'm trying to say is that, one, was that, is that the best you've got for, for 94 minutes of football across into the box for Ron? Because I'm not being funny. I was watching this four-two-three-one formation. It's not. It doesn't work for him. Yeah, he can score a lot of goals. He needs help. He needs service. Crosses whipped in every five minutes for him. He needs balls put through to him. It doesn't work. Well, we had the Premier ball. League high thirty-seven crosses on Saturday, wasn't it? Yeah, but most of them were overhit. The corners are an issue, by the way, as well. That's one thing I want to talk about. The corners. <laughs> <laughs> you can't beat the first man, Premier League footballer. What have they been doing well, all week? Yeah, I mean, Leighton was... Uh, Leighton Baines, Ross Barkley. Yeah. Now, they, they weren't on international duty. So, all week, they've been sitting there at Finch Farm, and you can't beat the first man. I think corner What's kicks... What's going on? I think I'm glad you mentioned that, because I'm sure a lot of people who listen right now will be absolutely banging the table agreeing mm. with you. Corners have been a problem at Goodison for a while. But interestingly, you speak to other people who work in our group of newspapers... Yeah. You work across titles in different parts of the country where there's Premier League clubs. Corners have been a bit of an issue in the Premier League. 
Liverpool fans, yes, then they'll tell you the same thing. Liverpool scored more goals from from corners this season. Anyone? Arsenal and other team are scoring goals. But last season, Liverpool's corners, they would be crying them as well. They said they were off. To be fair, Liverpool do concede from a lot of set pieces. But let's talk about our offensive corners. When was the last time? I can remember the derby is Lukaku funnily enough. Yeah, the other. Yeah, the 3-3. Other than that, I'm struggling to think of how often we put effective balls into that box. Yeah, well, from corners and just in the... Like, I think it was 37... uh, Crosses on Saturday, I think seven went straight to the keeper, didn't he? Which is at a which is a league high this season, I think. Um, so what are they doing in training all week? Have if they're throwing thirty-seven crosses in, why aren't they getting bodies in the box, getting the under twenty-threes in and saying, "Listen, do something different"? Because they're just whipping balls in the box, and you. I think everyone, everyone in Goodison's just sitting there on Saturday going, "What's the point in getting well, the corner here?" Yeah, but you know what's going to happen in the box. It's, it's having an accurate delivery because I've liked how many of them thirty-seven were seriously. Setting and crosses me. Yeah. Uh, Balassi in the second half must have ballooned about three, <laughs> yeah. three to their to their yeah. left back from the right, you know, from our left hand side. I think the other fans are in acceptance now that when we get a corner side, just just give it back to the goalie. Well, just just to, just to touch on that a little bit in terms of the corner kicks and and would you say in Balassi, some of his crosses yeah. are just absolutely woeful. I don't think crossing the ball in, if you're going to play four two three one like like yeah. we seem to be doing. It's not the right delivery for Lukaku. Why pile c- cross into the box? He can't head a ball. We've seen him this season particularly. We've read earlier in the season, Luke Garbutt was talking about how it's not his natural game. He mm. actually used to have a psychological barrier with mm. him. He's not that type of blood and thunder centre-forward centre who's going to get across every ball and you know, put his head in where others won't, generally speaking. What worries me is we're not playing those balls into the channels for him to run onto, which we really is destructive. We, we're relying on rosters who then are we? Yeah, but what that's, about that, that's because of we play two whole midfielders, so you're knackered then, aren't we're you? Without Gareth, I mean, we haven't even mentioned how much we miss Gareth no. Barry, which is again depressing when you think does taking a thirty-five-year-old yeah, yeah. upset the apple cart so much? It would again the evidence would suggest we do. But, but we said this last week when we missed Guy for Chelsea. You yeah, can't keep on making excuses. No, this is it. But one of, my point being. You need to vary it. There's no point lumping crosses into Lukaku. The balls that he thrives are, and I think you said it yourself as well, slipped in the front of him for him to run onto. And then if he gets in a sort of, you know, a position where he's one on one with the fullback, then God help the fullback most of the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah he can do special things then, can't he? Yeah, I mean, the other one, I think Dale Faye did it twice, which was successful this time last year. That then skiddy little, yeah. he sort of tops yeah. the ball. Yeah, yeah. Where he delivers early from out wide. Which he had some success last year with Lukaku, but you know, thirty-seven crosses, and and you can't really remember apart from the one that hit Lukaku. Basically, can't remember like thinking apart from the goal and the and that one. But the goal was just a lump in the box. It, yeah. was, it was it was it with no conviction, yeah. was it? It was just it's in the air. Next minute, gets out and he yeah. scores for it. I thought Seamus just did okay on on Saturday. I know he's had a bit of stick, but I think he I think he was okay. James one of the lads was trying to claim on the desk. He didn't think he didn't think he meant to score it. He thought he was just putting it back into the mixer. For me, it looked as if he. No, I think it was a, it was a goal. It, it looked well yeah. meant. It yeah. looked as if he meant that. Yeah, of yeah. course he did. As I said, I agree with you, Gabby. He improved on Saturday. One of few that did improve. Yeah. And that's that's basically. Do, do you look at that though? Again, I know Phil mentioned it. What's the why is Lukaku standing there watching Seamus? I'm not pushing off the way and saying there's a ball in the area. This is I'm, my head's going through this. It's well, going on. This, this is what mm-hmm. I was going back to. You know, I know what you're saying about uh, service, uh, so but it's just sometimes for me it's just a bit too passive in games. Where he's, it's just. Do you think? Right, passive, I agree with that. You know, do you think he comes to the table and he's looking at a round of plays and going, "These aren't on my wavelength. No, These aren't no, my quality." No, that's how, that's how, no. he's not going to get very far in the game if that's his attitude. But where's his service then? He's thinking, what do you want me to do? You're throwing balls in the box. I'm surrounded by two or three defenders. Well, what do you want Seamus, me to do? Seamus found space on side. He's a, that's because we just plumb forwards yeah, and we just bodies in the box. Where's Rom? You know, let's talk about the 94 minutes of play. Where, where was Rom's service? Well, when does he show to the ball? I mean, I don't know how many times he touched the ball in the first half, but if it was more than you can count on two. Two hands and your fingers, I'd be, I'd be surprised. I just don't see. Well, how does he get to touch the ball if it's oh, not going to? Well, you've got to make yourself available to to do that, haven't you? Gabby surrounds it by two centre halves. Just move away from the centre halves then. And then this is what I'm trying to say that, by just playing the one up front at home to Swansea. That's the yeah, problem. But that, that's what I said last week. Sometimes his movement is for what you would expect a top class Laker to be. I don't think his movement has got is as good as what it should be, both mm. inside and outside the box. And, and you know, and 
I think that's something he's got to learn when you talk about Lukaku. You know, as I say, what's Aguero's movements in, inside and outside the box is, is, is the striker I'd be looking at. Um, and, yeah, no service, but he needs to make it a little bit easier as well for people people around him. The one thing I'd um, touch on, go back to Ronald Koeman before, when I was what when we just observing the game for just for a short period of the game on, on Saturday, you look around and you're going, what was his strategy trying to beat Swansea? What was his thoughts? What, what did he... What well, did he set out, Everton? How did he set them out to try and beat Swansea? Because I was looking at it and I was going, what's he thinking here? Where's he what's his plan? I think his plan went, was scuppered by the start, which he, he can't have imagined them starting in such a lacklustre fashion. And then that was comp- compounded by, again, giving him the benefit of the doubt. He couldn't have predicted Jagiel could do that. Actually, maybe he could have, given what Jags has sort of been like in patches. But once... You give a side like Swansea a goal, all of a sudden plan A goes to pot, doesn't it? Because then they, they're they well happy to get, as you said, 10 men behind the ball and sit in. And but maybe, they didn't, maybe though, did the they, for the whole half, that first half? They played, played some good football well, and they, yeah, played, yeah. they could have got a second. Yeah. So it weren't just a case of we've got a goal, get 10 men behind the ball. Second they played half good was, football. But, yeah. So it weren't a case of Everton, where's, where's your plan B? Yeah. It just it didn't seem to be a plan A for me. Strange enough, Leroy Fair played very well, didn't he? The player that uh, could have been a Goodison but for a dodgy uh, knee or whatever well, it was. Apparently, past the yeah, medical yeah. since. Yeah. I thought in Queen's Park Rangers and now Swansea. Yeah. yeah. Now, I, well, interesting to hear you, of all people, you know, say that maybe Cumin needs up his game. He does, obviously, but I'm trying to... I'm not making excuses for him as such, but you're thinking to yourself, I understand the plan. He's got to sort that out. To try and beat Swansea at home, you've got to come out with something else. But when it comes to the players that he's got, I just can't. I feel I've, I've got a, some sympathy with him. Swansea okay. City, I hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's. Okay. I, I hold my hands up on that. But I mean, for this season. Okay. I, I think I, he. I look at the Evans team now. I'm thinking, we're doing well here. We're seventh. Yeah. I look at it. We're doing really well considering the garbage we've got on the pitch. Yeah, but um, it's it's. The seventh at one win from seven, um, we haven't won four from five. It was the other way around where we'd won one win in, in the first seven, then coming in, coming into this spell of games, having won four out of five, I think I'd be slightly more comfortable. But I mentioned that, I know what the answer to this is, but it's an interesting thing, isn't it? You know, like the first half of this year when we're doing the podcast and mm. stuff, and, you know, the previous, uh, Q&C, the set was there. Similar, similar performances to Saturday. The manager gets the blame. You know? Yeah. Saturday, the play and like last few weeks, the players get the blame, not the manager. So, why, 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 why? And I know what the answer is, but why, 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 why do we look at it? We look at it differently. Why do we look at it differently? We look at it differently because Cumin's been there five minutes, and the previous success has been there three years and spent a fortune. That's the difference. Well, yeah, he did not say. Martin has spent nearly hundred million in three years, and I was playing the type of football that was saved up on Saturday. Yet Ronald Koeman's been in there five minutes and that's what's happened. He's still got them same group of players that Martinez has spent all yeah, that money yeah, on. Both. That's the difference. What, 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 what can he do, Gabby? Yeah. His hands are tied till January. Who signed Lukaku? Martinez. No, exactly. Yeah. Morales was signed. He also signed a lot of junk, Greg. A lot of junk. Okay, that, that 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 I, was just saying, I was just asking the question. I did say yeah. Why you started? That, that, that. It's just strange the psychology of supporters and where it's because he's a new manager. If you look at yeah, but, yeah, what were we talking about before the podcast? Jurgen Klopp's first twelve games in charge of Liverpool last season, awful, awful. Now you didn't see Liverpool fans. Ah, oh, Klopp, how can he's so awful? Well, he's got to change his tactics. Now, but I'm just no. saying responsibility. Yeah, I agree. But I he's know. been there five minutes, twelve games. Roberto Martinez was given three years I'm, I'm and not... saved up two seasons of the worst type of football you're ever going to see in your life. No, I'm not having that. So. Oh, the last two seasons, I'm give not... us something to shout about under Martinez. No, not, I don't talk about Roberto again. Like, there you go. Yeah, no, but, um, but to me, it goes past what I was saying before, is I know what you're saying, and I'm not doubting like humans' credentials here, and, but what I'm saying is, is that you can't afford to wait till January and have this, it appears to be like this attitude, oh, well, we'll sort in January. Ronald really will give you the free pass until January because of like what you're saying is that he's got to operate and use the players that he's got, of which there's some still good players at the club. Effectively, what I was saying is I didn't really see that on well, on, on Saturday. A lot of managers at the start of the season will be given free passes till at least January. 
Guardiola, Mourinho, all these type of men. Klopp was given a free pass when he started. You, I know football in this day and age, in the generation of football fans, they want success overnight. It can't happen. I think, yeah, I, th- I know what you. I think what Gav's saying is not that there's any demand from him. I know that there isn't. No, no, for me, for the opposite, for people to be saying Kuman out. It's just interesting how the psychology works. That all of a sudden, everything else has to be the answer for why things are going on, other than the manager. There's no sort of balances. So that's no, all. The balance is yeah, 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 The balance yeah, yeah. is that with the group of players Martinez had last season, they should have been a lot higher than eleven. Yeah, where yeah, it isn't well, the fact that Cumin's got them same type of players and he's uh, got them where they are right now. That's the difference. Yeah, and you can't get any higher than and where the they are right come now. In, you know, I'm not doubting. You know, just reiterate, I'm not doubting Cumin's credentials, but at the same time, I think, you know, he, I think he should be man. You know, evidence show more evidence of managing the group that he's got more effectively on the pitch and getting the results that their talents deserve. You know, the talents deserve that that reflects their talents late on Saturday. Can we just before we're gonna have a separate little debate before we finish off, but I just wanted to throw this at you. Stats cannot in terms of performance and what you see with your eye, obviously on a Saturday, mm-hmm. sometimes stats don't quite mm-hmm. always correlate to the Gavin and you know, we've spoken about that. Basically, a piece Adam Jones has written, one of our journalists has written about Jackie Elka today and just touching on him again. And he says, delving a little deeper into the stats of this campaign, it's worth comparing Jackie Elka's statistics with that of Ashley Williams. Jackie Elk has a better interception per minute ratio than the Welsh International and has made more tackles. Jags has won 12 tackles, Williams only 11. Put that into context, Idris Agay's won 43 tackles, putting them both to shame. Yeah. Jags has won 17 more aerial duels than Williams, playing just one extra game, and has managed to commit seven less fouls. In fact, there aren't many stats in which Williams comes out on top of Jags. So... Again, is that just the case of Williams doesn't have to make as many tackles because he's reading the game differently? And is Jags making a lot of tackles that he shouldn't be because his timing's deteriorating? Or is there a bit of an issue with them two as a partnership that we're not quite... Maybe a bit, yeah. Uh, sometimes, sometimes, as you say, you know, it doesn't... Sometimes you make it from corners that one of the centre-halves always goes for the header, you know. It depends and they're instructed to, 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 to the guy, you know yeah. what I mean? So it depends, it depends on, like, tactics. I'm, I'm not... I think... That's quite enlightening, though, isn't it? That actually, you'd say the performances are comparable, I suppose, stats-wise. Um, you know, Jack's made a few more tackles, but setting aside that, I think you're probably right. Goes back to saying, are they two similar types of players, similar ages as well? Mm-hmm. And is that maybe sort of reflected at the moment in our defensive vulnerability? I think out the two of the players, one looks out the depth more. To me, I'm not yeah. If I interviewed 37,000 fans on next Saturday, Goodison, and which centre half they wanted to start, I'd guarantee well, 99% of them. That's why I'm saying to what you see with the naked eye in yeah. the game, and the stats can be too different. Because if I, I would have said all day that statistically I would have expected Williams to have outperformed Jags, and when I've had looked at those, and the stats don't lie, those Opta stats this morning with Adam, I'm thinking, hold on, Jags yeah, have like, If you look at that, I'd prefer Ashley Williams. In nine times out of ten, out of everything, even on the ball. Yeah. No, I'm a bag of nerves when Phil Jagielka has got the ball. Whereas, you know, Ashley Williams gets it. I know. Yeah. Well, I'm not certain, but I'm pretty sure that it's going to go through blue shirt. Yeah, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. I mean, the other point with that is what it doesn't say there is what we've been talking about Jagielka with here is is not what he's been doing right. Is what he's been doing, you know, not to the standard he did before, isn't it? Yeah. Three penalties. And not only that, the manner of them where he's been caught out, so he's yeah. being laced on as if he's being yeah. tricked or whatever. And there's whatever, a couple like, he's got know. away with as well. Yeah. There's a couple of games I've got in this season where he's, and he's clipped strikers and he's got away with it. That's 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 the worry. And as I say, you know, Jack's been 10 years, hasn't he? 3 million quid or whatever. Yeah. yeah absolutely. And, and missed the year as well, didn't he? Forget yeah. yeah. People forget Top man, you know. Um, but. Evan look I hope it's managed in the right way. No one's bigger than the club, and I wouldn't for a second suggest that we just put up with him in the team, costing us week in, week out for the sake because he's a nice guy. But I would just hope it, it's managed, and this is for Cumin to do it mm. in, a, in a respectful, fair way. Because you only have to think last season as well, you know, that semi final against United. Jagielka really had no right to play in that game. Yeah. He, he was badly, he, well, he was nowhere near fit, but he, he put himself forward he said I'll play I'm fit enough to play 
and he wasn't really but he looked at like he stood up he put it put his you know the club before his own fitness and mm. put his body on the line if you like and you know it didn't get us the result but he was what i know that was something that that made an impression for the umpteenth time on his teammates he was willing to put himself you know before the club, you think that or club before himself. Sacrifices like that have got him in the situation where he is right exactly. now. Exactly. Maybe that's taken its toll on him. Maybe that's what we're seeing. The fruits of that, if you like, in how quickly he's deteriorating. And I just hope that people don't give him dogs abuse. But equally, we shouldn't have to accept. Maybe we do have to look at a replacement in January. Well, this got to happen because whether you like it or not, whether he's been there 10 years, whatnot, Everton fans will turn on him if he continues to play the way he is. Captain or not, don't care. Well, that's as it as it might well be. But let's let's finish by looking at an issue, and uh, it's been a game we've been talking about on the website today. Premier League era, Everton's greatest player, Phil McNulty, formerly of the Echo, now of BBC Sport, was having a bit of a, a debate um, over whether or not he believes Kanchelskis, who's someone who was a goodest on Saturday, should be rated as Everton's best ever Premier League player. Chris Beasley, who works here, thinks he is. Phil McNulty had no time for that. He suggested people like Cahill, so on and so forth. Baines, I think his name, a name he put out there. Lads, what do we reckon? Gav, who, who do you think is Everton's <laughs> best question. Premier League player? I suppose there's two questions here, isn't it? Who's the best player to play for Everton in the Premier League or who's Everton's best Premier League player? The two, two different things, aren't they? Um, you know what I mean? I agree with what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, my, my, yeah. Me, personally, the best player I've seen in the Premier League in Everton this year was Wayne Rooney. For that, for that yeah, short yeah. period of time, mm. he was on another level. It was scary. But I'm not going to pick him because he, was, he went with us for the last I think that's the argument time. of a yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, So I'm not having him. The player I'm picking was uh, Mikel Arteta. I think, for yeah. me, Everton still to this day have not replaced his class in the middle of the park. Yeah. He, he, he was set pieces we talk about, often we just talked about. Unbelievable free kicks, penalties, corners. He was brilliant, Arteta. Absolutely immaculate footballer, attacking. He was thrown on the left, midfield, right to midfield, centre midfield. Brilliant, class act. Everton haven't replaced him. Best player I've seen in Everton this year. Gav? Uh, I'll name uh, three. Go on. One that Penno mentions, I think, because it's quite an interesting Twitter thing. Uh, Dave Watson, who basically carries Everton defensively probably for the first seven or eight years. Uh, he'd, be, he'd be one. The other one would be. Well, probably the only Everton player in the Premier League era to be a candidate for Everton's greatest ever team, that's Leighton Baines. He's probably the only Everton mm. player to play for us in that time. You could say, well, actually, and if you're selecting Everton all-time 11, he'd be in with a, a very good shout. It would be 50-50 him and Ray Wilson, really. To be yeah. Yeah. But I talk a lot about affecting games and affecting clubs and all that players do that, and I think nobody's done that more than Tim Cahill for Everton. That there's been better players, but in terms of on the pitch and like you mentioned Arteta, it's mm. great, but I mean against the big teams, Arteta tended to you know, I didn't see him play great against Arsenal or Man United or sorry. He did. He they, scored against Man United. Yeah, but Kale scored five, five. Yeah. Down. I know different no different different roles. If you're stuff. looking at players though, that's what I said before. There's mm. a difference between best player or yeah, best yeah. player to play for Everton is Everton's best player. The two different things. Yeah, yeah. You say Arteta is a better player, but in terms of the best player, in terms of contributing to the club and the ethos of the club, and or you know, throw that all together, then I'd, I'd say Kale on 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 that basis. Um, and that he get he, whether he get ahead of Baines, I'm not sure, but I'd probably go with Kale. Another so player I'd give a shout out, and he was only here for the short period of time. With Julian Lescott, that season he was outstanding. Well, you mentioned oh, Jack scoring ten goals. He was scoring ten goals for the centre half yeah. one season. Lescott, yeah. he was brilliant, and he was amount of times he was man marking Fernando Torres in that season when Torres was flying. Yeah, well, Lescott was brilliant. Jack, we met Jack. You mentioned Jack. Jack yeah. be, you know, in the top, yeah. you know, for what we pay for and the service across. Mm. As you say, ten years, Jack's would be there or thereabouts, you know. Yeah, definitely. I'm not having it, but Preno even turned around. He was talking to Phil McLaughlin and said. Look at Kanchelskis' record and compare it to Lukaku's. Well, surely shouldn't Lukaku, Lukaku be, yeah, be there? For me, no. But I, I take his point. Maybe if, in, if you're asked the question of five years' time, when Lukaku's gone to play for anyone else, you look at Lukaku and go, Jesus Christ, 
what look at his record. Because he's playing for us now, you won't realise how yeah. good he is. Depends if you get to the place and don't you I suppose yeah. really. But I think that Lukaku thing goes back to what we're saying on there. I think in, in the last podcast is that Everton fans are demanding and they see what Rom actually should be doing a little bit more mm. and, and I think yeah. that maybe clouds people's judgments about yeah. how you know Wadey Nanks is a, a great Everton player. So I'd say Kyle, but the more I think about it maybe Baines, I'm not sure. It's yours, but, Greg. Yeah, on. How's that fence? It yeah, it is. The splinters are wedged right, <laughs> right in, in my backside because I can see having heard it's always worse going last because mm. I can't disagree with what either of you said. Um and it is that conundrum that Gav identified at the top of this section, isn't it? Mm. Greatest ever player in the Premier League, but greatest Everton player. Um I, I suppose Mikel Arte, as an enduring quality player in the Premier League era, it really blew me away, but it was far too short. Kanchelska's the same. We haven't mentioned Neville Southall, by the way. Mm. Yeah, Nev, Nev, Nev's played for three or four years. Well, there's another one who's a bit like Jags, isn't it? You know, yeah. like sort of, you wouldn't want them to be remembered like for their yeah. later mm. days, you know. Um, and Nev's like the, the best Everton player I've seen by an absolute country mile. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the distance between him and the next one would be. Absolutely. Some, you see, Tuck on goalkeepers, Nigel Martin. Nigel Martin's great. Yeah. Love yeah. Nigel Martin, brilliant. Yeah. I think what Moises says is one of his best signings he, he made. Yeah. 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 Well, Michael Arteta, you know, given how little we paid for him, mm. you know, the circumstances that we brought him in, and yeah, just sensational. Unbelievable, mm. as you say, on the left, on the right, through the centre. Set, all I'd say is after that. That serious cruciate injury he had, he was never quite the same mm. when he came back. It took, it did take its toll on him. And if you remember weirdly, his corners, corner kicks never recovered from that injury. He didn't. He went fair, through a phase, yeah. he couldn't beat the first man, it yeah. was weird. And to be fair, we got, we've done well for him getting 10 million from Arsenal, didn't we? <laughs> but it was still heartbreaking to see him it go. Was. Because it was. Because a player of his class, and it, it, you don't get very often, no. do you? In the I, sense I, I still say, I've just rebuked myself there, Everton have a new place, that quality in, in midfield. No. And what was he three? Was it three million or two? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, we haven't even mentioned you know, like there's all sorts of guys. Gary Speed. Mm. Yeah, one of your mates is uh, Lampard, isn't he? Lampard, yeah. exactly. Yeah, honourable mention yeah. in dispatches. <laughs> it's Stephen Pino. Yeah, Stephen Pino. The other one who was he was excellent. It was Gravison. Yeah, for, for the, when he, when yeah. he said, you know, for, for, for yeah. a couple of years. The Real Madrid scouts thought yeah. so anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I retweeted the video of a cracking video. Someone put together a compilation of all Pino's best goals. And you know, to view a career yeah. just in like a compilation of goals is a bit base in a way, but then yeah. in another way, it wasn't half entertaining because you just you remembered how good he was. Mm. But you also remembered how good some of the football we played under Moyes was when mm. you had him, Kale, Baines, and Arteta in the same yeah. team. I tell you what, we've got some way to go to recapture those levels. Yeah. And the irony is that we've got more money than we've ever had now. <laughs> yeah, we can't Moyes was on a shoestring then, yeah, but we, some yeah. of the football we did play, oh, some, of it, some of it was terrible. Yeah. But you know, towards the middle and end of his, of his tenure, it was tremendous. Yeah, I agree. But interestingly, one player we haven't mentioned who's idolised, Duncan Ferguson, he hasn't even got a mention. Yeah, I wouldn't put him anywhere near him. I wouldn't no. necessarily tell that. He's more of a cult hero, isn't he? Yeah. More yeah, of a cult hero than... That's, yeah, I smell yeah. a, a podcast special. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like see Get Duncan him in here, you can sort of gavel. I tell you what, you know... I'm not too dissimilar in height to him. And I remember <laughs> in the main stand, you know, like standing next to him, it was as if I was looking looking up about like up at him, like you know. There you go, too, right. Well, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back later on in the week for our second pod, and uh, I hope that wasn't too grim as we poured over Saturday and looked forward as well. Cheers.